0: Welcome to another edition of Footstock, the podcast dedicated to FIFA Ultimate Team Trading. I'm Matt Aguilera. I'm Matt Lamborn. And this time we're going to be going into a lot of interesting content that's come around in the last couple of weeks. We're going to be reporting on this BBC story that included... Looking at ultimate team transactions and in-game currency. What's going on there? We're also going to be looking at the Community Cup and all the tournaments that have come out recently, which have been really, really good at Return of Form. And also the Hero cards. then purple cards do look nice, but what do they all mean? And we're also going to discuss our plans for the Team of the Season. It's been delayed, but we're still very, very hopeful of buying some players. And of course, Mets is going to give you his trading tips. Yes, Mets has got new trading tips. And we're all very excited to hear that, I'm sure. So before we get into that, Mets, uh, we've been away for a couple of weeks. And some of them have been tweeting to us and asking us where we've been. But the reality is, there's a not much to talk about. And we've been like going out and about around the country, haven't we?
1: Yeah, we've actually had a bit of a life for a change. Uh, we've been <laughs> traveling to Blackpool to go to uh, the retro event there in the last couple of weeks. So that was exciting. And we even played some Pro Evo, God yeah. forbid. And we realized how much better off we are where we're currently playing so that was all well and good to get a reminder that FIFA's still good and probably even not quite so good but um yeah EA have been stalling on us in regards to team of the season and that's kind of dried up the, the news a little bit so hasn't been a whole lot for us to talk about hence why we've been absent for a couple of weeks and but we do hope that our absence has made the the hearts grow fonder of our listeners and that they have missed us a little bit, but we're back and we're hoping to do a whole lot more coverage over Team of the Season and in the build-up for FIFA 16.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's been an interesting time because right now we should have been expecting a lot of the Team of the Seasons um, to have already been done by now. Um, we should have been expecting to have like the, the big, big player cars, like 100k packs, 50k packs, that come out around this time, which are very, very good for picking up team of the season players. But it is absent, and maybe, just maybe, um, by them making it absent, it'll actually be really, really good. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what what the hold-up actually is.
1: Well, I think it's a case of that they're trying to really drain as much of the mileage out of the community as, as possible, trying to get everyone to spend up their coins by releasing these end-of-the-season heroes and a few special edition players, as many man-of-the-match cards as they can. So everyone's going to have to go and buy more FIFA points as soon as Team of the Season lands. And it doesn't matter how much people spend before it happens, everyone's still going to go arse over tit, proverbially speaking, once team of the season comes out, so that they their plan will work. It, it goes without saying, but it does leave a bit of a nasty taste in the mouth for us people who have been here year in year out and we're getting jibbed basically, which is a bit of a shame.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's some good cards out there and stuff like that, and we've had some we've had a really good team of the week and that kind of thing. But it it doesn't make up for not having a team of the season. I've got to say. Um, I kind of liked when I first looked into the the hero's finger for it's not a nice idea and getting a new colored card. but like for example, the latest heroes have been released, they're all they're all shit. it's like, not a good one yeah. I them.
1: I mean the biggest problem that EA have with this hero's idea on paper it's a novelty and it, and it seems quite nice. but the majority of the players they're releasing are from lower division clubs. so we're talking bronze and and, and silvers and maybe the odd bad gold player here and there. Yeah, and EA haven't managed to build any kind of desire into the game for people to really take bronze and silver seriously. So to come up against them in a match, and they just seem quite pointless until that they uh, build some relevance into Ultimate Team for non-goal players. These are, are pretty much empty gestures. You get excited because you've you've packed the purple. You'll never play with them, more than likely, unless you happen to be a supporter of that club like Jermaine Bedford, for example. He's not nearly as fast as he used to be, so any desirability in that card down the toilet, unless you're actually a fan of the team he plays for.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're a Preston fan, I'm sure, sure you'll get the card, and it probably won't be worth a lot of coins. But it's just interesting to see what kind of heroes they picked, because obviously the the, the, um, the previous ones were like Harry Kane and Eden Hazard. We all know they're going to get a much better card in a couple of weeks, and it should have been now. So there's not really much point in an, there's, there's no investment opportunity, and there's probably no point in actually buying them.
1: No, absolutely not. It's It's entirely one of those dead-end purchases that you, you're only going to make if you're a big fan of the player or the team that they play for. There's going to be no resale value. Once the team of the season comes out, the value will plummet. Mm-hmm. It's just generally very pointless, and it's just a massive stalling tactic by EA from what I can see. Um, trying to squeeze the last few coins out of the players who are hanging on for team of the season, and probably also to try and implement some last-minute anti-coin-selling measures, Trying to reduce the amount of fraud that they'll receive once the inevitable team of the season does
0: arrive. It's, you know, I'm just like I'm just revisiting it all back back in my mind actually, and it's it's not a really a, a, a replacement for team of the season. I keep thinking like I want to see the the benefit of it, but really, uh, I I can't really uh, I can't endorse this. Is the best way to put it.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And in fairness, most of the big leagues, the ones that people are going to be interested in, were wrapped up weeks ago. You know, Bayern won the league ages ago. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, they may have only just wrapped up the league officially, but they, they were pretty much cottoned on for it a few weeks ago. Juventus dominated Italy. The only one that's still live is, is Spain. So in regards to trying to build up any drama with these end-of-season heroes, all, all the big matches are gone. So unless they're going to do it explicitly for Champions League matches, I don't really see any value in it whatsoever.
0: And the record breaker card—I mean, we've got another John. We've got like another record breaker card. We had Cristiano Ronaldo at striker, which was interesting and expensive. Um, and we've got John Terry. But you could probably tell I'm talking about it, and it's boring me to death. Like it's just—it just doesn't really—it doesn't—it isn't really working for me at all.
1: No, well, John Terry's one of those cards that is an anomaly in FIFA because whether you like him on a personal level or not, he's a, a fantastic player mm-hmm. in real life. But he's one of those players that the game of FIFA can't encapsulate and make an effective player in Ultimate Team. A bit like we discussed Andrea Pirlo when his inform came out earlier yeah, in the season. True. You can't do anything with a John Terry. You know The, the lack of pace just cripples him. Uh, as an effective player so you're going to have this seemingly awesome defender you know you've got your nice purple card whatever Mm -hmm. and he's got high physicals and defense but with like 40 pace you only need a Daniel Sturridge to wipe him off the park it's not like you need a Messi or Ronaldo to beat him you need a very basic quick player and you're running ragged all day it's completely worthless
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it at all. And it's one thing where they had it right last season. Like, for example, John Terry's Team of the Season card, which is like an 87 or 88 rated, might have even been a bit more. It was great because you didn't need as much pace because the game was slower. And you could just trap the ball and you'd, you'd get amongst everything. And his pace didn't make a blind bit of difference. But in this edition... Honestly, playing anybody less than like a 65 pace at centre-back is just asking for lots and lots of trouble.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like in previous versions where headers have been a little bit OP, so you need a really great, tall, powerful centre-back to try and stop the abuse. No one goes to headers in FIFA 15, so having a defender like Terry is worthless when you would rather have someone for 600 coins like Martin Caceres, as an example, Got Way more
0: effective is player. Much, much Ned, Ned and Manu, I'd use it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure in the 3.5-star Community Cup, lots of people did.
0: Yeah, I've seen a fair few of them. So talking about the... Uh, we'll, we'll go to the Community Cup then, actually. It was actually a yeah, really... Yeah, really, I, I gave you
1: a good segue there. Didn't yeah, I? yeah,
0: I was going to say, because it's boring me to death talk about John Terry and record breakers. Um, the Community Cup, and we also had... What was the cup called? The Mexican One, La Tree, or something like that. But, yeah. Uh, do you know what? Really, really, really good tournaments of late, and the community clash was excellent.
1: I wasn't a big fan of the community one. I don't like oh, okay. it where, where where we encourage players to to bronze bench. You know, it's a bit of a plague in FIFA in general, to be honest. So I didn't enjoy that one too much. I like the fact that <clears throat> you had a an open tournament. <clears throat> I can't talk. Hang on. You still there?
0: I am just still there, yes. Right, where
1: was I? Okay, so, uh, f- yeah, the 3.5-star cup. Yeah, I don't like it People to, to bronze bench. Um, I think that is degrading the quality of the game in general, and you're going to see the same sort of teams you're going to see in a typical 5-star tournament, just that they'll have no bench whatsoever. So, in that respect, I kind of find that a little bit annoying. But the Mexican one was novel. We've seen quite a few of these cool tournaments in the last few weeks, hmm. whereby we're concentrating on specifically, particularly lower ones, like we've had Scandinavian Cups and we've had Mexico. And it gave you a good opportunity to try some players that you wouldn't necessarily um, encounter on a game-to-game basis. So I enjoyed those.
0: I think the tournaments, for the most part, have just been terrible this year. They just haven't been quite... They haven't just... They haven't been challenging enough to build squads and I guess it's based on feedback I guess a lot of people don't want the challenging ones they want like you know the gold a gold cup five star minimum and that kind of thing but I want the challenges where like you say without bronze benching you have to come up with like a really interesting team like four from one team four from another and you know it's got to be gold and silver's not just like the 3.5 bronze like bronze benching Oh, it's horrible yeah i would have loved
1: if they'd done a 3.5 star bench so then you're really testing one the quality of your collection and your knowledge of the various leagues to try and build the best team within that remit now they've had them before but we haven't seen them much perhaps in the last 18 months or so which is really disappointing and which further points towards the continued commercialization of, of Ultimate Team. We know it's a commercial product, and EA are trying to make as much money as possible whilst trying to deliver a good user experience to players. But if you're only doing it whereby you're encouraging um, or not providing any challenge to players, making it as easy as accessible as possible, then that's good in the short term. But in the long term, they're damaging the game because the replay value won't be there and people will soon lose interest and move on to other things, which is a bit of a shame.
0: Yeah, it's. I just think that as much as you can do with these tournaments is get creative. That's where that extra added, added edge of uh, being an ultimate team is, because it's not about having a Barcelona Real Madrid side. It's about like the tip of the league or whatever it's called, Cup, where you have to have six players from from Norway and the rest could be whatever you wanted, and it meant you got to get really, really creative. So I've missed that opportunity to do things like that a lot.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I hope we get more of them, but I would imagine that EA would probably back up their decision to not do that based on statistics of participation, and I can imagine that league would be quite low, which is a bit of a shame. Um, But I think they just have to ram it down people's throats and, and get people to... Encourage them to give it a try because if they just do it one week and then it disappears, no one's going to do it. They'll just wait for the next big tournament to come out and then start spamming packs trying to get record-breaker Ronaldo or whatever. So I think it's counterproductive to the long-term future of Ultimate Team if they just try and base the best tournaments on the same thing. It would be great if they did a tournament that required you to have a really good blend of different calibre of players and actually offered a very big reward for winning it and then driving the participation up. Because when they do these typical eager ones or of similar vein, the prices are quite small. So it doesn't encourage people to go and spend their coins building new teams to win a very small reward.
0: Yeah, it's a really, really good point And I hope that they do change that. But as you say, and as I alluded to before, it probably is because... They don't get much participation in these tournaments, and that's why they go for the more run-of-the-mill stuff, which is a shame, really. Now, moving on to something completely different, Um, the BBC story, then. This is something that you've researched, Mets, and I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but would you like to set us the scene?
1: Okay, so I was made aware today of a. It's not really a documentary. It's more one of these watchdog type programs, if if you're familiar with that, being a, a UK viewer or whatnot. Whereby people will write into the BBC and say, "I've got a problem with such and such a, a sales company or whatever. They've ripped me off," nice. and they've decided to cover in-app purchases and in video games, which I think is a fair topic to, to take a shot at in general because it's a little bit of a a plague on the scene of gaming at the moment and it's probably the future in terms of how people are going to commercialise their, their products going forward. So what they're taking issue with is a, a young lad from Northern Ireland who managed to clock up a few hundred pounds worth of ultimate team purchases on his dad's credit card without him knowing about it. And basically saying how, how bad it was and that Microsoft's controls are are very weak and that they didn't notify him that his car is being used excessively. Now, you can point the finger in lots of different places for this, but one, it's it's interesting that FIFA's coming into into the limelight for the wrong reasons uh, in this respect, that um, it's highlighting a, a fundamental problem with how they are generating revenues from their products, and We've taken issue with pack content a few times on the podcast whereby I think they're quite within their rights to sell you in-game content or electronic consumables, mm-hmm. as long as you have a better idea of what you're getting for your money. Now, one, we know that's not the case. It's an out-and-out gamble most of the time, and EA are never going to tell you specifically what the chances are of you getting one of the really big players that you're really after. Um, And that makes it an out-and-out form of gambling, as far as I'm concerned, but it's not levied to the same uh, legislation as gambling is in the United Kingdom or around the world, for that matter. And I think that's a problem. I think that should be addressed by consumer rights organisations and whatnot. But secondly, it brings up the issue of why these type of in-app purchases appeal to children specifically, and how easy it is for them to get around parental controls to make purchases on mass, now I think we've got two very major problems there in the community that could hamper the growth of the game in general, uh, and it's a little bit of a shame that FIFA has been brought to light in this negative manner um, when we should be doing more to promote the community more positively.
0: It's a quite an interesting one, and the reason why I find it interesting is because there's two sides of this. Now. Yeah, should it be as simple as a kid to be using a credit card and carry on with life? Not really, no. There should be some safeguards. But on the other hand, I I don't want it every time that I spend money on FIFA points that I get a check from Microsoft saying, ooh, are you actually spending these money on FIFA points? I've spent a fortune before on on FIFA points. Um, A lot of people do actually go out the way to play this game who aren't kids who have their own credit cards and debit cards to spend their own money. Um, I get quite annoyed by it, if I'm honest with you, because... Is this kind of, um, the game consoles, a babysitter almost. And that, uh, there is this real danger now where people can spend, spend a lot of money. And at the beginning of somebody setting up an Xbox account or a PSN account, and they put in the credit card, don't they understand like how, what that exposes them to? Like it, it gives them the kids carte blanche to go and just spend money on their cards. That's the, the whole point. And these games are very persuasive for a reason. Um, you know, it's not going to walk you through a purchase uh, cycle. Same. By the way, do you do you have permission to pay for this? It's. It just wants to sell you stuff, and and quite rightly, and yeah, I think that FIFA getting picked up as as one of the ones is is fair enough because uh, I know a, uh, a few I know a few kids and a lot of them do play Ultimate Team, but they spend a lot of money trying to get cards and packs. And for me and you, that's something that just becomes part of our free cash which we could either spend it on bloody beer packs retro games whatever we like and we've got control over it whereas with kids it's a, it's a whole different subject um, so as you can probably tell I'm thinking my way through this the whole like moral side of it as I'm going along talking about it which is that do, I, do you know what I think that these parents need to take more control about what the kids get up to on a, on a console. I know it's that easy. I know they don't want to have to sit there and go through it all. But at what point do they want to give away their credit card and ex- expect these things not to happen? This isn't a new thing that happens in in-game purchases at all.
1: No, you're right. I mean, it's. I think it's um, a measure of how modern parenting has become reliant on stuff like iPads and tablet computers and games consoles that now offer in-app purchases as a means to babysit their children. Forms like we want to watch TV for a couple of hours, go play on the iPad, go play Ultimate Team, whatever. And they're being bitten um, when they're not paying attention to what their, their child's doing. It's like when we were young, we used to have debates about um, rather than in-app purchases, we had the morality of whether children should be playing 18-rated games. You know, we would play Mortal Combat when we were kids. And that was the same sort of debate whereby, okay, we can't go into the shop and buy it, i.e. a child doesn't have a credit card to buy FIFA points, but their parents can do it for them and just leave them to their own devices and are not taking responsibility for any of the outcome of that activity. So without sounding overly controversial, I kind of blame it on lazy parenting if anything, or at least a lack of interest in what their children are doing with their spare time.
0: Yeah, and I can't I can't disagree with you. Like, I'm just sitting thinking, and I'm just like, do you know what? That's a lot of the part of it. I think there is a lot of parenting that just goes into, they're just absent-minded, and they aren't keeping an eye on what they're doing. Because if they asked a few questions, it'd be quite easy to work out that getting packs on FIFA does start to cost a lot of money. Um, and if the, all they have to do is all the prices are there. If you look on the screen, like there's no, it's not like the old days, the old days, Jesus Christ, mate what am I saying? And what I mean is back when it used to be MS points that it, it hit the currency. Whereas now, you know, 12,000 FIFA points is 71 quid or whatever it is. It's there in black and white, how much it is. So surely you just need to look into that, and then you could avoid this kind of stuff. But to give us a little bit more context, then Matt, so what kind of situations were these parents getting into with the kids?
1: So I think it's a little bit fresh that the parents in, in this instance would be pointing the finger at EA or Microsoft when the uh, they should ultimately be taking responsibility for the use of their own credit card details themselves. If they don't, if they use them responsibly or hadn't given to the the children in the first place, it wouldn't have happened. And also they could just as easily point the finger at their credit card company who failed to alert them to the fact that their credit card was being used many times over a short period, perhaps not for a particularly large sum of money in the grand scheme of things, but typically when a credit card is used a number of times in a short period or perhaps in a day, velocity control should kick in where it would create an alert with the card company is actually genuine or not and in this case it appears to be not what happened so yeah ultimately there are other safeguards that the person's concern could have utilised to ensure this didn't happen in the first place they decided to take the easy option and perhaps try and get the money back rather than take responsibility for the fault themselves. Um, in this particular program, um, Microsoft did offer to refund the money, but two days later then overturned it, saying it was the parents' fault, which in that particular instance is a little, is a little bit hard, I think. If you've made the, the, the determination to refund a person in that instance, you should honor it. Uh, and going back a little bit of a, a bitch move but yeah I, I think it's one of these things whereby people are struggling to come to terms with technology and how it's used in the modern world and that they are I don't want to say they're too old or just perhaps unwilling to, to learn how e-commerce works on a grander scheme of things and how you have to take such a, a large amount of responsibility for how you're payment details are used, it's not something that you can just flounder around you can't send it in an email, you can't just leave it on a piece of paper, and you certainly can't give it to your children, so I think these guys just have to own up and you know, give the kid a bit of a bulk in, for mm. a start and take ownership of the situation for themselves.
0: Yeah, it's it's bizarre isn't it, I think that um, when it comes to like the velocity controls you're exactly right, um, that, that should have been triggered off by the credit card company, so there's probably some blame there and aside from that, I don't get why Microsoft would say they were going to pay it, they're going to pay it back, and then they said they wouldn't. That that isn't. I don't understand what benefit they truly got from that. They may as well have paid it off for the good PR, and said there was a happy ending to this, like as a gesture of goodwill. They'll pay it off this time, but if it happens again, they won't do it again. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. to say yeah, it and exactly. then take it away is that's just to me that's a complete fuck up from Microsoft. That that is not that is not worth the pennies they've saved yeah, not giving them the money back. Not at all.
1: No, I, I agree entirely with that. It's a bit of a bad story in general. And if you are curious about watching this particular programme, I think it's called uh don't get done, get dumb. Or something and oh, no, it's a really bad programme and it's yeah, full of I, the kind of numpties. I
0: rang up Microsoft and I said, Yeah, to it's them. full of the
1: kind of <laughs> numpties that <laughs> carry on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go on I'm you to... so I saw I rank up Microsoft and I said to them, What are we gonna do about these Microsoft points that they bought? Are they gonna get their money back, Mr Microsoft? That's what I wanna know. I absolutely hate him, that dumb guy.
1: Yeah, it's it's a horrendous program and it's full of the type of idiots that you would expect to see on set program. and it doesn't make for particularly good viewing other than the fact it features FIFA. So it might be worth checking out of curiosity, but it certainly isn't entertaining. Um it's a bit of a shame that, you know, our community game's been highlighted in a negative manner. Um, but ultimately I'm pretty sure that Microsoft and EA deal with these kind of idiots on a day-to-day basis. So I'm sure they've got their canned responses well and truly armed and ready for these guys so if you're buying points in future folks make sure you take responsibility for it and don't forget to ask the bill payer before you call
0: that's very old-fashioned isn't it going back to that i used to remember that on every single saturday morning cartoon where they had to do a phone-in for a competition asking the bill payers permission before you call in you wouldn't get away with that now would you jesus that's interesting. No. Okay, so yeah, moving away from that then. So, the team of the season is upon us at some point, we believe. Um, We were going to say about the players and uh, what we were expecting to do with it and that kind of stuff. If I'm honest with you, I've spent about four million (laughs) since we last spoke. Um, You're joking. um, No, 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 I've spent about four million on coins um, uh, on players, which includes a few players I picked up for the team of the season that I wanted. I can't even remember. But the biggest ones were the latest Suarez for two point seven million because I think Suarez is amazing on the game and he's got like ninety five shooting, ninety five dribbling, eighty five pace, he's just a monster. I think he's got ninety like eighty nine, ninety physical, something like that. Awesome card. And I also bought Cristiano Ronaldo for like one point two million. The non inform. Mm-hmm. And, and and of course yeah, that was
1: a, an easy, easy purchase. Make at that stage,
0: yeah. So I've got him and him, and so what? Do You know what? Team of the season? Not even looking forward to it anymore. Like they've just kind of you liar. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it anymore at all. I'm not bothered. I've got. I've got whatever, whatever version of Inform Suarez it is. I've got Ronaldo. I've got loads of decent players. Um, yeah, I just think. I think they really like it's kind of just missed its momentum. It's a bit, it is an anti-climax. It literally is like you're on the cusp and then you just do a little dribble. Sorry, folks. God, I don't even know why I've said that out loud, but I did.
1: Yeah, well, in, in years, years gone by, they've typically done it on the first um, May bank holiday in the UK of, of the year, and that hasn't happened. this So it stands to reason that it will probably happen the late May bank holiday uh, to try and capture as many people playing the game as possible on their days off and whatnot. So I'm fully anticipating that sort of around the 30th of May we'll get team of the season uh, and by then the season will be for the most part wrapped up across mainland Europe at least. And then we've got the Champions League final to look forward to. So goodness knows what they'll, they'll do with that and in regards to man of the match cards or record breakers and, and all that good stuff, but I'm still sitting on 8.3 million. Um, I went out and bought Ronaldo, slightly more expensive. You have to pay 1.4, but I was very happy with that. You know, there's you're not going to get so much more benefit out of buying one of the informal Ronaldo's as opposed to the normal one. Let's be honest; he's already ridiculously good. Yeah, definitely. So paying. Paying $1.4 or whatever it was I paid for him was absolutely fine. No problem at all. And I've still got a bumper cash of money to spend on packs for Team of the Season. So I'm quite happy. I'm looking forward to it. And I've got a few items on my shopping list for players that are probably going to make Team of the Season. I'm going to try and pack them. um, But if not, I'll be ready to buy as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I've still got a couple of Team of the Year players ready to put into a master squad. Once it's all said and done, I've still got David Luiz and Thiago Silva, so my defense is pretty much sorted. So we just want some superstar attacking options now.
0: I was thinking of getting hold of a Team of the Year Iniesta. You know, I think getting for discard. It's like five hundred k now. Discard five <laughs> hundred k. Discard? Are you no, sure? Sorry, I, don't, I didn't. I didn't mean. I meant minimum price. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm
1: not a big fan of of, of Iniesta. I like more robust box to box type midfielders like Pogba, and he'll be the first one I try and pick up, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a few on the list. Like Pogba would be one of them. Um, from the Premier League, I'd like to try out the team of the season, Harry Kane. I think he'll be a very, very decent card. And of course, I've got all the English informs, so I've got to buy him. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Um, the team of the season is Sanchez. Jesus, he'll be tasty.
1: Yeah, but where, what position will he be? That'll be the interesting one.
0: Hopefully. Mm, hopefully will make him a left winger. That would be my preference. And then I can out F him and make him a forward if needs be. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't want like him to be central. Because I just think he's a waste at central, to be honest. Okay, fair enough.
1: I'm particularly looking forward to Pogba, as I've said. I want Luca Tony presuming that he will get one because he's in the top two or three goals. Really cheap as well. That'll probably be less than 30k because most people won't touch him because of the lack of pace but only they knew how useful he was and then uh, the inevitable Alexander Meyer card i will have to pick up and turn him into a a midfielder again. So yeah, I'm, I'm still excited about it. I think it's a shame that we've allowed ourselves to be consumed by the hype because it normally comes at a certain time of year and we've prepared ourselves for it and it hasn't happened but i think in the next couple of weeks you know ea will ramp up the activity we'll start seeing some interesting teams get released hopefully they'll they'll throw in a few surprises along the way some stuff that we haven't anticipated and, and just make it more interesting for people in general.
0: Yeah, um, I think that it will look... It's still going to be interesting, isn't it? There'll still be some players to pick off, but I'm not really looking at the, like, the very elite team of this, the season players. Um, I've got 4 million left, so that's going to be a, enough to get some really decent players. I've got bags of consumables to sell. Loads and, loads and loads and loads and loads I still haven't gotten rid of. Which brings me on to the next point of you have got some nice training tips for us, Mets.
1: Okay, so... Yeah, quality trading information or advice for our listeners has been a bit thin on the ground lately as the game's slowly starting to grind to a halt, particularly on the gold market. However, it is probably worth just checking if you've got any particularly valuable or highly rated players in your collection, particularly in forms, man, the matches and whatnot. Just occasionally check in to see what their minimum, maximum price bandings are because some of them have been on the rise in recent weeks. So it's definitely worth taking a look on there and see if it's the right time to cash in. Aside from that, consumables are doing really good trade at the moment because um, I was having a good few days in a row whereby I was able to pick squad fitness cards for 150 coins and flog them for 1000 That doesn't sound massive if you do that a few times a day, you can get anywhere between 50,000 to 100,000 coins or more depending on the amount of effort you want to put in. So that's a good, cheap and easy way to try and build your balance before the team of the season. But definitely look at your consumables as a whole. Look at um, healing cards in particular, very uh, valuable. And stuff like perhaps... It's not gold contracts so much, but bronze and silver ones, you'd be surprised what they, they'll go for. Even if you just throw them up for the minimum, it's getting money back for stuff that you would probably normally just discard anyway. So they're definitely worth making an attempt to cash in on at this late stage of the season. Another thing that I've been doing very well with is bronze packs. Now, you might think you open a bronze pack, there's nothing good in it, just discard it and get on with it. Well, no. You'd be surprised how few bronze items there are on the market in general. Oh, that's a good show. So if you open a bronze pack for 700 if you open a bronze pack for 750 coins, occasionally you'll get a squad fitness card in there, which is a thousand straight away. There are some rare kits and players in there. Like I got an Arsenal tour home kit, which is from the Russian league, that goes for about 4,000 coins. So that's great. You don't get them all the time, but every now and then one of them pops up. You can't, really get any money for non-rare contracts because they're just too small but you can get 200 a pop back for rare manager and player contract cards so plug them you can get three to four hundred for a normal thing, it's called Although i like to bank them and just sell the squad ones on and just check some of the players occasionally just to see how many of them are market. you'll be surprised how few of them are actually being sold
0: brilliant so there you go Bronze packs are the way forward. I'll be doing that from tonight, from here on in. So, with that concluded then, that is another episode of Footstop Done. I want to thank Mets yet again for coming along, making me smile and, uh, well, making me cry as well almost, if I'm honest with you. There's some banter off camera that made me a bit sad, if I'm honest. Off mic, should I say. Never mind,
1: guys. You'll get over us.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers, bye.